Hi everyone, it's Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening and tuning in. It's Marnie Salop, your host. Today's episode is all about mindset and intentions across exercise and training, career, and wellness. It was my first recorded live panel, which took place at world-renowned athletic complex and New York City gym, my home away from home, Chelsea Pierce Fitness. On the panel, I am joined by four former podcast guests to talk about a series of new topics. The panelists are professional athlete, golfer and runner, Andia Winslow, who has been building her career as a successful on-air personality and voiceover talent over the past several years. Andrew Kelly, an award-winning elite athlete, triathlon coach, and personal trainer at Chelsea Pierce Fitness, with his own portfolio of clients at CaliFitness.com. Louis Sager, the CEO of The Alchemist Kitchen, and Murray Hittery, pianist, entrepreneur, and creator of Mind Travel, a musical meditation and experience. Of course, we talk about CBD, triathlon, golf, running, and music. But we also talk about how these four entrepreneurs approach their career with an athletic mindset and have wellness routines that fuel them for success. And we touch on how you can bring some of these routines into your life. It was truly a magical evening. We were on the deck outside overlooking the Hudson. The weather was perfect, although I did think it was going to rain and I was very nervous. The event began with a panel where listeners got to experience firsthand what it was like to be part of the podcast with digital wireless headsets, almost as if they were in the room where it happens. Following the panel, Chelsea Pierce Fitness talented and popular yoga teacher Danielle Prager led a vinyasa-style yoga class to the music of Mind Travel, and Murray continued to play through Shavasana into the night. Now, while all of this sounds amazing and wonderful. The episode audio is a little rough at first. Like a true entrepreneur, I had a vision and took a big risk. My first time recording a live event at this venue, and I really set that bar high. We were outside recording digitally, no wires, with some technical interference, signals, and occasional helicopters in the background. But my audio engineers are terrific, and I realized, though, it's not the same as being in the studio. So I just wanted to prepare you for a few glitches here and there. But the episode is super inspiring and empowering. It's a great conversation. And I hope that it plants some seeds for you to set your intentions for the new year. I would totally do it again. Key learning. Take the risk. Get out of your comfort zone. Empower a team and make it happen. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Please leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com, for more details and links in the show notes. And sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to learn about 
more live events for 2019, great deals and giveaways from our partners and updates. Also, follow us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Marnie on the Move. And I am dusting off my Twitter platform. So follow me on Twitter personally, Marnie Salop. And before we get started, a word from our fueling partner, Fit Plus Love. Today's episode is fueled by partner company for which I am the co-founder, full disclosure, Fit Plus Love. Fit Plus Love is a digital and real-time fitness and wellness lifestyle and entertainment company fueling consumers with sports, fitness, and wellness content through events and digital media. From our signature Morning on the Move podcast, our online articles at Momentum, and upcoming festivals, summits, and pop-ups. It is our mission to bring you everything awesome and next level from the worlds of sports, fitness, and wellness. Head over to our website at fitpluslove.com, sign up for our newsletter, and stay dialed in. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming tonight. I'm really excited to have you here for this Marty on the Move panel with my amazing guests. First, I really want to thank Chelsea Pierce Fitness for helping me with this, putting this together, letting me host it here at their beautiful gym. Also want to thank their partners, Smart Water, and also the Fresh & Co, where they're giving you in your swag bags, you will see $2 off to go grab some food after. And then also, I really want to thank my partners from the Alchemist Kitchen, Louis Sager, one of our panelists who is here tonight. He is one of the podcast guests, the Marty on the Move podcast, which I'm sure all of you have heard or tuned into at some point. He is the CEO of Alchemist Kitchen and also an expert when it comes to CBD. How many people know what CBD is? How many people are taking CBD? How many people have taken the CBD in their gift bag right now? All right, you need to take it. And Lou is gonna tell you why, as soon as we get to Lou. My other panelists here tonight are also guests on the Marty on the Move podcast. We have Andrew Kelly, who is an elite athlete. He just came in fifth overall in the New York City Triathlon. Wow. He's also been very athletic his entire life. He's a coach here at Chelsea Pierce Fitness on the Full Throttle Nation triathlon team. He's also a personal trainer, and he has some seriously awesome philosophies when it comes to mindset training, and he's been through some serious life-changing illnesses where his athletic mindset helped him power through. So he's gonna share a little bit about where it began for him, and a little bit about that. My other panelist, Andia Winslow, who, how many people have met Andia before here? Awesome. So Andia is a professional golfer and she also dabbled in running a little bit as a sprinter with USA Running and Olympics. Sorry, I also know her forever and forgot that part. She's also very well known in the world of voiceover and as an on-air personality for fitness and wellness and is currently using her athletic mindset to transition from her sports career into being a major voiceover star. And so she's gonna share a little bit about being, how being an athlete has helped her build her business and her career, but also helped her with being an athlete. My other panelist, Lou, I already told you about, and then Murray Hittery, who is one of my very good friends. He is the founder and creator of Mind Travel. He is an incredibly talented artist and also has launched some of the biggest publishing platforms in technology 
and media platforms over the last 20 years. So Murray also is athletic, but when he started his company Mind Travel, looked at his athlete friends and decided to use an athletic mindset to train to launch his company. So he's gonna share a little bit about that. So I'm gonna introduce my panelists, Andrew Kelly. Andrew, I would love to hear a little bit about where it all began for you when it comes to athleticism and sports. Well, first of all, Marnie, thank you for asking me to be here today amongst this great group of people and really a pleasure. We couldn't have uh, asked for a better evening. Born and raised in New Yorker, born and raised in Chelsea. I was just sharing that with Andia earlier today. I grew up pretty athletic, just playing around with some friends, and hockey was my sport for a long time. Wasn't until post-college and coming back to New York City that I discovered triathlon, and that became my real passion and where I really discovered myself as a real athlete. And then since then, it's become a career. So a little over a decade ago, I did my first triathlon. I was already personal training and got hooked on the sport, and then it became a career after that. So I continued personal training, but turned my love for triathlon into my niche within my field of personal training. Awesome. Thank you. And Andia, where did it begin for you, your athletic career and your mindset? It began in Seattle, Washington, where I was raised. I'm from the West Coast, Pacific Northwest. I'm from Alaska originally, Anchorage, Alaska. And my family moved down to Seattle. So we were outdoorsy. We were hiking, biking, kayaking, mountain climbing, jumping off trees and breaking bones and such. And I loved it. So the whole thing with my childhood was adventure. So for me, it was always about trying to find the next adventure, the next rush. But at that age, I didn't realize that that was a thing. And now I realize it's a thing. And I'm living my dreams, y'all. Awesome. (laughs) And now I am going to come back to Lou. Lou, where did you begin your career? I mean, I know that you are a very well-known retailer before you were at Alchemist Kitchen. But now you're, you know, working in the world of CBD and wellness. So how did that begin for you? Well, I'm also a native New Yorker. So pretty much grew up with merchant energy and loved being in storefront experiences from an early age. Had the opportunity to do that. Basically, in my most recent work, which is the focus tonight, is I was trying to seek a way to surround myself with people that were exploring all types of modalities for personal transformation. Those modalities range from, you know, doing a Reiki session to having an ayahuasca experience. So I've been very humbled by the opportunity to work with so many great thought leaders and herbalists and shamanic teachers. And we're at a crossroads globally, which hopefully we can get a chance to talk about, as well as cannabis and the evolution of cannabis, particularly the non-psychoactive side of of the cannabis plant, which is a great sacred plant. And uh, it's great to be doing that among people who really care about health, fitness, performance, and so on. And a great artist, because without art, you can't really have wellness. So I'm excited to be here, it's awesome. And now Murray, tell me a little bit about mind travel and what this wonderful company is that you created and where it kind of began for you. Well, thanks for having me, Marnie. Uh, Hi, everybody. Great to be here. So my name is Murray, and I'm the creator of this experience called Mind Travel. I'm a composer and pianist, and when I graduated having my degree in classical composition, 
I was like, how am I going to make any money in classical music <laughs> and without writing jingles for commercials and stuff? And that's what actually led me into the tech world where I met Marnie. And we had a great time building companies back in the late 90s. And then I always maintained the music. In my office, I had a piano, and I would just play at the end of every busy startup day. And then I always knew I'd go back to the music, and that's really what I'm doing now with mind travel. So I, now my mission in life is to move people through music and creating this immersive experience where we go in outdoor spaces from rooftops to Central Park a month ago to the Brooklyn Botanic Gardens last night. And I do it in beaches and just really transformative places and use the music to really shift and connect deeply internally. And so we'll have part of that music experience here during the yoga class and leading into a, a musical concert tonight. And tell me a little bit about your mindset and approach to starting this company, because I think that's really, really cool. And as other athletes that are here tonight, I think you'll find it very interesting. So, yeah, we spoke about the kind of the origins of mind travel, which is now in its fourth year. When I decided to shift to the music full time and be a public performer versus composing for others, I said, if I'm going to really do this in a world class way, I have to make sure that my playing is kind of at the top of its game. And it was a minute since I was in college. So I said, I really got to get those chops back. So I said, you know, I thought of professional athletes and I said, all the best athletes in the world, from Roger Federer across every sport, all have full-time coaches. And I said, why don't musicians have full-time coaches as well? I, I view myself as a musical athlete. And the things that we do at the piano or any of our instruments is quite dexterous and athletic. And so I said, well, why don't I have a full-time coach just like any athlete? And so I reached back out to my teacher and coach back when I was younger. At the time he was living in Munich, he had his students there. I went to visit him and I convinced him to move to Los Angeles. And I literally airlifted him out of Munich. He was living in the suburbs of Munich and I got him a visa, sponsored him and moved him into my house in Los Angeles. And he became my full-time piano coach. And I did that for a year before I did one public performance. And we trained about four hours a day. And then I did the first concert, and then he still lives in my house. In the <laughs> of course, of course, he, of course he does. And we train, because I, I have to play at like 9 p.m., 10 p.m., 11 p.m. So I need him, like, I need him there. Like, I can't be like, can you come over? No, he's gotta be there. That's how I built the company and was able to train as I was building everything during the day. Awesome, thank you. I already know this story, but I also love some of the insight and advice that you gave me when we were doing our podcast about like just, you know, how that mindset helped you be successful with mind travel. But in general, I mean, you've started a lot of companies and I feel like you're very dialed into the athletic mindset that everyone here is an athlete. Do you have some good tips for beyond what you did, but just like entrepreneur tips, like starting a business and how you keep going and use that mindset? So what Marnie's referring to is, as I was kind of developing my music, I had, over the years since college, started about four different companies, had the kind of honor of taking one public, selling two of them. So I kind of been through that entrepreneurial kind of life cycle in many different ways, and it was an amazing journey. And I would say the, the most important thing for me when I'm starting any project, whether it's a musical endeavor or a tech venture or whatever, and I think it would translate into any athletic pursuit because I did run a few marathons, 
I wasn't top five, by the way. I was, <laughs> I was really number one in my category, of course, which is, you know, neurotic, Jewish, entrepreneur, uh, over 40. And so I was number one in that category. But anyway, you, you, can, awesome. you, you have something to live up to. Well done. You got time. You got time. Yeah, yeah. So, so to me, the most important thing I keep in mind is distraction management, is anything that is distracting me from purpose I have at hand. And it, it could be the smallest things or the largest things. And you'd be surprised what distracts us throughout our day. And it's those little things that add up. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like death by a thousand razors. Yes. Uh, and so it, it's not just a digital distraction, which right. of course is significant, but it's all the little things that add up, as well as the large things, our sense of obligation and commitment, these things that we think we have to do. And if you really want to excel and achieve, there, there has to be some sacrifice that you make. And those, that's all in the category for me of distraction management. Awesome, thank you. And now Lou, I mean, I want to hear all about CBD, but I also know that you've started a couple businesses and have been a CEO for quite some time. So maybe you could talk to me about how having that mindset has been sort of influenced by your CBD and wellness and plant experience. Well, I think that we're living at a moment where we have a very significant paradigm shift, you know, which I feel... Yes. I have been fortunate to observe. And that shift is we're moving to a place where plant-based wellness, which is the mission of the Alchemist Kitchen, is to celebrate the and power of plants. The Alchemist Kitchen is online, and it's also the address. Where is the Alchemist, Alchemist Kitchen? Alchemist Kitchen is on East First Street, on the Bowery, between Second and the Bowery. We have a beautiful dispensary there with services, and I encourage everyone to go. I felt that, you know, the herbal supplement industry, just briefly, was very claim-based, very opaque on ingredients, very male, very focused on using herbal supplements for vanity, weight loss, performance, and the poor plants and the power of plants were being discriminated against. And so the Alchemist Kitchen was birthed to move from a claim-based to an intention-based paradigm. You put your intention to your need, your health need, and the plants and the remedies will find a way to be of support. Don't make claims, you know. Be more transparent in ingredients. Thankfully, we're living at a time where there's a revolution going on among herbalists who have also been discriminated against because they're not pharmacists. Right. And they're very well educated. And they're our ambassadors because they can teach about plants and herbal remedies and they can also prescribe and facilitate plant-based remedies properly. It just so happens that this movement, plant-based, is very global. It's marrying our indigenous roots. Grandma had medicine. We all have grandmas. They all had the medicine. Mom took us to the doctor. And we know that we have to bring that back into balance, you know, considering all of the pandemics we have around the overuse of pharmaceuticals. And now, why would people take CBD? I mean, can you give us some examples of who should be taking CBD and when and how and yeah. why? Well, first of all, let me just say in, in your packet is a 25 milligram organic full spectrum CBD gel cap. Taking that gel cap, you will feel a bit of a relax. 
for those who don't know, CBD is completely non-psychoactive. Today, we grow that plant specifically, strains of that plant specifically for the benefits to stress, anxiety, and it's highly anti-inflammatory. That's a very simple answer. Yeah, and people can talk to you after this event and get more specifics about CBD and other plants that you have to offer. And one of our senior herbalists and teachers is here tonight, and he if he's here Zach at the end, the row. Can, can speak with Zach. And he is also particularly interested in fitness. We do not sell CBD off a shelf. You must have a conversation with an herbalist. And we believe that, you know, not all CBD is created equal. It's becoming quite popular. We really emphasize getting informed. Everybody is different. So dosage, those of you who also take part in psychoactive, edibles, vaping, all of this is now becoming put into a context of a medicinal experience. We want this to be a medicinal experience for people. And plant-based wellness is, we think, is a very, very strong business to be in. At the end of the day, we're a community of people. We have 20 events a month at the Alchemist Kitchen. We hold classes and events. We're doing clinics now, corporate wellness around town. In order to really focus on the education people need to feel comfortable to enter into a relationship with CBD, with Skullcap, with Mugwort, with all of these herbs that are extremely powerful for your wellness regimen. And the last thing on CBD is I really want to emphasize it's a bit like a wine industry. There's table wine and then there's Cabernet. And Cabernet and Pinot, they have different flavors, different use of grapes, just like cannabis, the CBDs using different terps, different parts of the flower. There's more and more use of CBD with other herbs, really at a very early stage. But I think if you come to the Alchemist Kitchen, you'll get a very first class experience and very intimate and very open in order to understand how this can be good for you, good for grandma, particularly right now and incredibly good for your dogs and cats because pet CBD will be one of the greatest changes in America for pets of which 70% of dogs and cats in America are in older age. And they're the most beloved companions in the family. And I'll tell you, if you get your dogs and cats onto CBD, it's just remarkable to watch what what happens. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, I think dogs and cats are great for wellness. And if you have one, you're already on to a good mindset. And now I want to circle back to Andia Winslow, who I already introduced, but I want to hear a little bit about your mindset and how being an athlete has prepared you to move into your career as an on-air personality and also doing all this great voiceover and launching your new sports and fitness personality in adventure. So first, this is my New York City home, Chelsea Piers. So thank you to Dana and everyone else here. Uh, I started at Chelsea Piers five years ago, was it? Five, Stacy? More than that? So sidebar, I was training for the Olympics up in Lake Placid. I was living there. I was training for a sport called skeleton, which is a crazy sport where you, you slide down headfirst down a bobsled track on your stomach by yourself with a helmet, but not much common sense. And so I did that for a year, and I'm like, you know what? This isn't for me. (laughs) It's cool. It's fun. I'm part of the Olympic movement, but it's not for me. And so I had to transition from that experience into city life. And when I came down here for respite, I think it was 
March, Stacy? Maybe March. I met Stacy first, sitting right here. It was a beautiful day, and I'm like, man, this place is amazing, and the energy, and I was so excited. So that's how I got here to New York City. I live in LA now, but so for me, the biggest thing about being an athlete and being a regimented athlete is this issue of ritual. So that can be an artistic ritual, that can be a physical ritual, mental, spiritual, and that is finding, first doing an inventory of your skill set and what you're lacking and what you're great at. And I always carry this little red notebook around, many versions of this. And I always take notes about how I feel or what I perceive or things that I want to work on. So ritual has been a really big thing. And so I think as an athlete, you need to find, actually, I like this idea of distraction management. You need to find rituals that help you stay focused on the task at hand and building your your foundation and an athletic foundation then specific to your sport and then managing the distractions, but also building a team, building your collaborators, whether that be coaches, mental coaches, physical coaches, sport-specific coaches, your therapists who help you, your people who help you with your business and your branding. The collaborative aspect is very important in art and music and voiceover. And for me, that was finding the right team to help me achieve what I was doing. And I forgot the question. I said, <laughs> I need how a did team your, to help you? How did I, I, I'm a part of Anya's teams. Um, how did your athletic mindset empower you to uh, switch gears a little bit? Sure. And so you were talking about that. So flying down a ice track at 70 miles an hour and experiencing 5Gs is pretty nerve wracking. And so is a three foot putt, you know, for your rent money. So those things are very scary. But when you step up to a mic, it's also the same way. So I think being ready for a competition and being ready for very scary experiences that, that mean money or not having money, those challenges prepared me to take on anything, really. So transferring careers or speaking in front of people or doing any new thing, I really not phased because I'm ready. So for, as an athlete, you do the work. You do the work, you do the work, you do the work in preparation, you work on your technique, and then when it's game time, you just let go, right? Yeah, so sort of. you just take the mic. You just step up to the plate. You just drop that shot, sort of. Yeah, but that's, that's what it is. So at this point in my life, I mean, I know that if I put my head down and do the work, then when it's game time, I'm prepared. And so I don't, I don't approach new challenges or barriers as problematic. It's more of a challenge. I'm like, how can I tackle this? How can I artfully master this? How can I be an artist in my approach to this kinetic storytelling? Awesome, thank you. And that's perfectly leading into Andrew Cowley because Andrew has this really awesome philosophy around racing, being an athlete, and I think it completely translates to career or life in general, which is train hard to race easy. So Andrew, do you want to tell us a little bit about train hard to race easy? So train hard to race easy, and it's not always, uh, we talked about this on the podcast, and train hard to race easy doesn't necessarily mean always working your hardest, but it's also showing up in the early morning practice if that's the call, if it means coming to the gym after work, after you've done a morning session, whatever it takes, if it means doing that extra interval. So there's a lot of different things when you're tired, when you have other sacrifices. So putting in that work, like Andia said, to show up on race day to make that day when you show up easier because when you feel prepared, you're going to feel more confident at the race. And that's a big part of the mindset. And even sometimes putting in the work, there's even more to work on with the mind. But in general, if you do the work and you put in the practice and you put in the time and you know you've done what you needed to do, when you show up on race day, typically your perceived effort is going to feel easier and you're going to feel stronger. But if you've been missing workouts and you've been skipping and you haven't been showing up, you're going to go into that race already feeling like, oh, I'm a little bit 
sort of undercooked for this event and already starting to put doubt, which is already a big part of things, and then you're going to show up and not perform as well. So how has being an athlete and having that mindset helped you in your life? I think it translates to everything. There's a reason why a lot of companies look at resumes and hire athletes and people that have been on a team because people that have been on a team or have been athletic tend to work harder and push through hard, you know, hard things at the office. If there's a deadline that needs to be done in the next 48 hours, they know that that person probably has the mindset to stick it out and push it through and also work with the team better. So I think being athletic and working with teams and athletes my entire life pretty much pushes you in every other aspect of your life. You approach things as an athlete and almost as a soldier. Right. I mean, you approach because you have to build your business here at Chelsea Piers and then also like just training your athletes. Yeah. I mean, a big part of this business is just was the hustle and just working to sort of continue to deliver a good product and make your clients and your athletes happy so that that goes word of mouth and to keep your business. So yes, it's a constant, no matter how long you've been doing it, you're always working harder and harder to keep it going. Do you have any tips and advice for everyone here today if they're looking to get into triathlon or if they're just simply looking to take a yoga class or do a cardio workout or something that's not sports centric? Like in terms of training or? I mean, just get started. I mean, the, started. I mean, you guys are already at Chelsea Piers. I mean, you pick it. You want to rock climb. You want to run around the track. You want to go swimming. We have it all. So you want to go hit some, you know, baseballs down the line at the field house. I mean, we have anything you want to do. So if there's anything you want to do, it's yeah. here. Oh, yeah. And we got golf over there. Yes, of course. Everything you want. So, I mean, it doesn't matter. But if you want to get into triathlon, I would love to talk to you afterwards. This is the best facility in New York City for triathlon training between an indoor track, all the treadmills, the six-lane pool. pool. pool I mean, the pool's amazing. So, I mean, you you name it. I mean, but it's... Awesome. Thank you so much. Do you have a question? I wanted to actually uh, add one thing to your point. One thing I discovered when I went to the music full-time was how much I actually needed to train physically to do what I do. I didn't anticipate that. I have to train three, four times a week. I'm talking about strength training, interval training, all the stuff that like we do as sports athletes because of the pace that I keep up. And I'm doing 100 shows a year, yeah. traveling around the world. So to maintain that physical stamina and also just your posture at the piano, all of that strength, that core work actually helps you play better. Yeah. So I, I realized like, well, that was, I, I didn't anticipate that. Yeah. And the flip side as a sports athlete, how important it is when I was training on a very amateur level for marathons, but how important the other kind of work is, the relaxing stuff, the meditation, the music yeah. that I would use. My friend, Kim Vandenberg, who won the Olympic uh, medal swimming in Beijing, she listens to my mind travel music before every race uh, to yeah. kind of drop her into that that zone. So kind of both sides have, you know, that you need both the, yeah. the kind of yin and yang of, of training. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I would be sitting here today hosting a podcast or running any kind of marketing or event company if I wasn't first in yoga and my yoga teacher and teacher trainer, I'm a yoga teacher training certification of 500 hours, which I never used, but it was the best thing I ever did, is sitting in the back listening. Adrian Burke, who's also a yoga teacher here at Chelsea Piers Fitness. Yeah, if it wasn't for yoga, I don't think I'd ever be where I am. And then the next part of my life was triathlon. So having that discipline where you have to show up every day for yourself to be able to train has really helped me to do everything else in my career that has ever been helpful. 
piggyback so, off of that real quick? Yeah, sure. Okay, athletes okay. attend to self-care as if it's part of their job. And when I moved to New York City, I didn't really understand what self-care was in its own category because coming from the Pacific Northwest, we practice it daily just because. But people here work themselves to death, literally. And so you think of self-care as a sidebar, but athletes consider self-care as part of their training. So I think one thing you can take away from an athletic mindset is this is part of what I do to be great. Right. Rest, recovery. That means seeing a therapist, whether that be mental or physical. That means eating properly. That means sleeping. Do you guys know that word? Sleep? No. Yeah, it's snacks and naps. That's my motto. So eating properly, resting properly, recovering properly, getting rid of distractions, which could be negative. That could be your, your man or your woman who aren't helping. or not. They're not part of the solution. They're part of the problem. And as elite athletes, that's what we're coached about. Because a distraction can take you out mentally and then take you off your game. You know, if you're shooting your free throw, you're swimming, you're making your turn. So I think what will help you as professionals in any field is understanding that rest, recovery, and self-care is not an additive. It's not something you just add on maybe as a, an elective. It is mandatory. And that's why you see athletes persist or people coming back when they're in their 40s and making these great comebacks. It's not a great comeback. They've been doing it all along. So if I was going to say anything to leave you all with, it's rest, recovery, and self-care as a must, not as a choice. Do you guys have anything? Andrew Liu? Yeah, well, I think in the world we're living in, in the Alchemist Kitchen, it starts with self-love. We call it self-love, but yeah, self-care is very, very important. I think the plant consciousness and becoming more aware of the power of plants is an incredibly powerful way to get in touch with oneself at a very deep level. And then whether you choose to express that through veganism or other culinary practices, that's great. Well, the fact of the matter is that the sooner that people get connected and reacquainted with the power of plant-based mycology, the mushroom, the universe of the mushroom, the power of psychotropics, the power of psychedelics, a lot of good things will happen for you as athletes or just human beings who want to be active and connected to this world. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. I'm going to open it up to a few questions and then... When our yoga, I think our yoga teacher is here. Danielle has arrived. Awesome. I'm going to open it up to a couple questions. So who has a question? Okay, great. Hi, my name is Alana Blaylock. I heard about this event from my friend Andia Winslow right there. Now, my friend in the black had a good statement. He said that wellness is an art form. Can you elaborate on that and, you know, sort of parallel and compare wellness as art for us? Yeah, you. I just think that people's perception of plants and herbal and all of that is very stigmatized from a perception of the hippie and the back-to-earth movement, the environmental movement. Much of that is very fatigued today. And I think when you really live a contemporary modern lifestyle, you have to surround yourself with the beauty of art, the power of music, the aesthetics of the world we live in, I'm fairly passionate that if you put your heart and intention to the power of plants, you're going to witness an amazing series of revelations wherever you travel, wherever you go. And again, I think that we're living at a time where we really need to connect to our indigenous roots. 
We're living in a world that has really constrained us from that connection to where we come from. And if you bring science into it, you bring technology and new technologies, then I think we can have a terrific opportunity to be artistic and embrace the beauty that we should have in fitness and art and culture, because these things have been quite segmented. You're an artist, you're not an athlete. If you're an artist, you're usually not an athlete, but that's a conditioning. And I think we need to let that go. Thank you. Colby, you have a question? I do. I'm really interested because I know all of you are at the height of, in your perspective fields, and it's one thing to show up every day, but when there is hardship, and life actually throws things at you, real distractions. There is definitely a mindset in that you must all have and something must go on in your brain that's allowing you to endure. So I'd really be interested if you could elaborate on perhaps something that you've gone through and how you got through it. I think Andrew. Not too long ago, unfortunately, in 2000, end of 2014, I was diagnosed with uh, stage three colon cancer at the age of 31, I believe, and then was treated. I had surgery in uh, January and then was treated throughout uh, 2015. There's no way, I mean, I'm sure everybody here has a friend or a relative or a friend of a friend who's gone through some form of cancer or maybe even lost somebody, unfortunately. So I think it's touched us all. So when it actually hits you personally, it's devastating. And then as someone who you feel like, I mean, just a few months before I was competing at the ITU World Championships, probably in some of the best shape of my life at that time, because I'm always tip top when I go into an event like that. So then to get this kind of news, you're like, how does this even happen? And you realize that something like cancer really doesn't care whether you're fit or whether you work out and it can happen to anybody. And it's easy to go to a dark place. And for me personally, it was some of the stuff that I always do, but it's, and I think we've all touched on this in terms of distractions and everything else and blocking that kind of stuff out. But it's also blocking out anything negative because you already have enough negativity in your life. So when you're going through something like that, anybody else who's bringing you down with their negativity or anything like that and to surround yourself by the stuff that makes you feel good. So for me, it was, I just continue to try to exercise as much as I could. My work in helping athletes and clients is also something that helps me. So helping other people in turn actually also, you know, makes you feel better about yourself. So doing all those things for me is what I did. So I just try to operate as normal as much as I could. And fortunately, because I was young and I was fit, I was able to go through chemotherapy and still show up the next day and do a workout and go to work. And most people probably would not have guessed that I was going through chemo and I was battling cancer at that point in time. But showing up every day and just, you know, doing what I would like to do and everything that made me happy and surrounding myself with the friends and loved ones that cheered me up, that got me through that time. And I don't know if that's always going to be the case for everybody, but I think it's a valuable tool and it's always hard to do when you're in it to realize that you're in this dark, bad place. And I see people all the time going through hard stuff and it might not be cancer, but not being able to just break away from all the stuff that's bringing them down. And if you don't put yourself first, nobody else is. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that beautiful story. I'll just add my experience if it's helpful. So 10 years ago, I went through the most difficult time of my life, which was the tragic death of my little sister, who I was with 
while in another country and it was a highway accident and she was killed instantly and I was with her. So I went through not only the grief, but the PTSD and the depression that came along with that. And I mean, I didn't even want to get up in the morning, let alone actually like figure out how to have a thriving life. And I had a very specific strategy that I deployed in order to get through that experience. And I had a, kind of enough objectivity around it to know that I was not kind of myself in that state, right? You're kind of in an insane almost capacity in that when you're going through something like that. But the first thing I told myself was to be healthy emotionally, I needed to be healthy physically. And that's when I decided to do the marathons in her honor. And I trained and one of my closest friends would come to my door at eight in the morning and take me for a run. And in the first days, I couldn't get past a mile and I would break down and just, I couldn't. And then it turned into two miles and four and eight. And, and then I finished the London Marathon and then the New York Marathon. And that being physically strong enabled me to even attempt to deal with the emotional issues at hand. And so that was an important strategy for me to deploy in, in that scenario. And then, of course, the music took the physical state I was in and helped me push through the emotions once I was like physically able to just kind of be with it and handle it. And then I used the music, the exact music you'll experience, to really push through and feel through it, not try to avoid it. And so often we try to avoid it. But to me, that event pushed everything else aside. Everything else in life became a distraction to dealing with that. And that had to be dealt with. And all too often we go through these scenarios and we all are touched by something like this in our lives at some point. All too often we kind of push it aside and just keep busy and distract ourselves with whatever it is, you name it, there's a huge list, right? TV, drinking, you know, socializing, drugs, whatever. So anyway, if that's helpful. I had one. This is for people who are kind of the sandwich generation, people who are taking care of kids and parents maybe. Although I was not in a sandwich generation when this happened to me, I was taking care of my grandfather who was terminally ill. So he was in hospice. And because I had the only non-traditional job of anyone in my family, they're like, you go do it. So I moved from Arizona to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, which in itself is horrible. <laughs> and it was the most depressing time of my life. And I was caring for someone who was actively dying. It was pretty intense. And I found myself in a very, 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 very dark space. And it was physical activity that got me out of that space. And actually, my energy being uplifted because of physical activity uplifted his diagnosis. So he was supposed to die in three weeks. And he lasted a year and a half. So it was kind of depressing because I'm like, a year and a half, buddy, like, this is Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. You got to go so I can get the heck out of here. <laughs> All jokes aside, physical activity kind of saved my life and helped save his life as well. And so I think a lot of people think about depression and they think about cocooning themselves and going to dark places. But if you can, I know it's hard to say, find an accountability partner, reach out, but physical activity actually affects your brain. And so movement, meditation doesn't have to be a sitting in quietude. Meditation for me is active meditation. It's riding my bike. It's swinging on the rings. It's playing golf, it's running. So physical activity will change your mood. And I think if people remember that, I think that can help them break out when they don't think there's hope. All right, guys, thank you so much again. If you guys want to ask more questions, I believe Andia, Lou, Andrew, Murray will be hanging around after the yoga class. But we have Danielle here and she's going to lead a yoga class. And Murray is going to share his amazing mind travel music with you. And you can sync up with Murray after the event as well. Thank you guys for staying and listening. Thank Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review. 
in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com, and let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of, If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.